completely forgot what I was saying, bro. Anything's better than nothing. <laughs> and I, I think I jumped. Yeah, finish your sentence. You anyway. uh, don't, don't worry. <laughs> I was asked to be in a sexy Jesus count. <laughs> sexy Jesus. I love it. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Think, Act, Get with James Shremko and Ezra Firestone. What you think determines how you act, which results in what you get. So join in now as we discuss how you can think differently, act faster, and get high performance results in your business. James Shramko here, one of your hosts on thinkactget.com. And this is episode five of what is turning out to be a well-received show. So a big thank you to the listeners, but I can't do it without my very special co-host, my hippy-dippy friend, Ezra Firestone. G'day, mate. Yeehaw. <laughs> hey, James. Ezra, what have we got on today? Today, we've got one of the chargiest subjects, I think, that there is to talk about. Hang you know, on a second. I'm, is that a word, Ezra? That is definitely not a word. Chargiest. Um, <laughs> right. Straight out of the gates with something <laughs> unique. I love it. You, you really do bring a special something to this show, Ezra. I can rely on you for that. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I, I feel the same about you. So, you know, my mom always told me there's 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 four subjects that that people have a lot of charge on that people that you don't really want to talk to people about these subjects because, uh, you know, it's it's a difficult conversation. And that is sex, money, which is our topic today, um, politics, and I can't remember the fourth one. A religion. Sex, money, politics, and religion. Those are the four four topics that people are just like. It's really difficult to have conversations with people on those topics because they they care. They have so much charge on them. Um, and so today we're talking to you guys about money and what's your relationship with it and how is it affecting your business and life. I love this. You know, I'm kind of interested in your approach on it. I know I've certainly got into trouble before talking about religion on one of my other podcasts. People are so polarized by their beliefs that if someone challenges it or it disrupts it, they literally can love you or hate you for it, uh, which I find like extraordinarily fascinating. Where should we position ourselves in terms of touching these chargy subjects? Uh, money sounds like a great conversation to have. Yeah, well, we, we hit people with what I call the approval sandwich. So step one, before you talk to anyone about anything that they carry charge on, is you let them know that you're not judging them. <laughs> you approve of them. You say, hey, no matter where you fall on this spectrum, I'm with you and I think you're great. Here are my viewpoints. What are yours? So you just like hit them up front right over the head with, with the fact that you, you think they're right the way they are. This is my strategy on food. You know, food is another one of these, diet rather, is another one of these subjects that people will just kill you for. Like, I can't tell anyone I'm vegan without them immediately like going into a whole rage on, on their viewpoints on food and why they're not vegan. And I'm like, look, dude, I, I support you. I'm not like, you know, morally against the consumption of animals. I'm not, you know, I'm just like, I think it's, um, the, 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 the mistake I make often is I don't give them approval ahead of time. And when I do, I'm, I'm, I'm in the clear. So everyone listening, we, we approve of you. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, really, do you approve of people's money beliefs if it's causing them hardship and a difficult life when you know a better way? I do. I do. I think that um, I, I like to be descriptive rather than prescriptive. I like to describe what works for me and hope that people think, you know, our, our people would like to try those strategies and implement them, but not prescribe and tell them that my way is the only way and that I'm the only one who's right. And I think that, like, you know, there's, there's, there's many ways to skin a cat. And if you've got a system that's working for you and that you're enjoying the results you're getting, then right on. Um, and I just think that descriptive rather than prescriptive communicating is, is, has people be more willing to hear what you have to say. I love that, Ezra. Okay, so listener, with that in mind, today's topic of money and your relationship with it is merely a description of what Ezra and I think. It's not a prescription. <laughs> we're not telling you what to do. And we're certainly not judging you. This is just us talking about money. So before you get up on that hate thing, just remember, we're just having a chat. All right, uh, I'm going to let you roll into this, Ez. Sure, sure. So mo for most of us, money is a big driving force behind a lot of the things that we do. And well, the question I want you to ask yourself is, is your relationship with it healthy? And we'll get into that in just a second. So I'm going to tell you a quick story here, which is that Money likes to move. You know, Dan Kennedy always says money's attracted to movement, and we'll get into that more later in the show. But what that means is that uh, it 
it's it's sort of like an energy and 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 it likes to flow and you know it's really money's not about how much you generate it's about how much you hold on to and uh, I'll give you the story of my wife which is that I'm really good at generating money I've uh, it's something I'm able to do I've been able to do it I have this uh, ability I have this havingness I'm able to create money in my life but before Carrie I couldn't hold on to it for the life of me at the end of every month I had zero dollars and and. Carrie came along five years ago now, six years ago, um, and she was like, "Look, man, you know, you you <laughs> you've got a special skill set here that you're able to generate this stuff, but you just don't know how to hold on to it." And I think that um, one of the things that we that a lot of people overlook as entrepreneurs and business owners and people who are just getting into internet marketing or have businesses, like all their focus is on how they generate revenue and how they make money, but it's not on what they do with that once they get it or how they handle the money once they have it. And, um, and I think it's important to have attention on keeping some of the money that you make. Yeah, we might cover that, uh, talk about some of the things you can do to keep some of the money. I agree. It's really not taught. If you look at 90-something percent of all online money or business opportunities, all focused around making money or getting rich. And that's because most people are not living what you would call a wealthy life. And if you look into all the stats, and I don't have them in front of me, so I might as well just make some up, (laughs) the majority of people will not have enough to fund that healthy retirement. And I've seen this with, uh, you know, the older generation than me, where they have to make choices such as, should I uh, make up a sandwich before I go and visit my friends so that we can eat in the park because I can't afford to eat in the cafe at the park. And I, like to me, that would suck to not have that ability to just say, well, you know what? I'm hungry. I'll just go over there and order a sandwich. To not have enough money in the purse would suck. So I think a lot of the things that I do, a lot of my thoughts around money is that it's not evil that it's actually good because if I can invest in that sandwich, then I'm employing a sandwich maker and then they can pay their rent. So it passes down that money chain. Absolutely. And I think that, um, that that's a really good point that your money also supports other people and that you should be like a lot of people try to hold on to it and, and not spend it and like be really tight with it. And I think there is a, a place for frugalness but I think that one of the things that allows you to have more money in your life is spending it, is enjoying it, is having a relationship with it that where you've got, you know, where, where some of the money that you take in, and this will be one of our tips, that you use that for pleasure, that you that you have the the you know the delights in life. You know, you're working so hard, you might as well. Like, I, I, there's a story of a woman who who uh, was a part of my life for a while, and she um, she had a lot of money. She 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 was a trust fund person. And she just was really tight with it and she wouldn't spend it and she wouldn't share it with anyone and she just kept it all in the bank. And she ended up getting really, really sick before she passed on and the hospital, you know, hospital bills and all this stuff that like, um, she, you know, she could have used that people, people's viewpoints on it were that she could have had, she could have used that and had, had more fun with it. And, and she still would have gotten the same hospital treatment towards the end of her life. Well, you can't take it with you. So I like this idea that it's like the radio frequency, you know, that that money is always out there, just like the radio waves from that local radio station. And I can't attribute the correct source to this. I don't know where it came from, but I remember hearing it. It was probably one of those um, um, power of intention type recordings or or whatever, but it was – that you can just dial in that radio station and then you can hear the radio station. Like it's always there. You just have to tune into it. So I think with, with certainly with you and I, we've gotten better at tuning into where the money is so that it starts streaming 24-7. And that is, that, that's basically, once you know how to do that, that's a skill you have. And I think I could get off an airplane, go to a new country, hop in a rental car, and tune into the radio station and find that radio station. And the same as the way I could go to a new country, step into a market and look for the things that will start causing that money to flow. And it usually revolves around some kind of value creation. I, want, I just want to talk one thing about that, which is that it absolutely is a skill set. And if you put your mind to it, you can get, 
you can increase your skill set in that area of being able to generate this stuff and also being able to hold on to it as a skill set. And it does, you know, money has no intrinsic value. You cannot rip a dollar bill in half and have change fall out. It's just a piece of paper. It's this stuff that we use to trade for things that we consider valuable. So if you can figure out what, what is valuable to people, they will trade you money for it. Well, one of the questions uh, I ask occasionally when I'm buying something because I did a lot of negotiating in my sales career is will this change the rest of my life? And I guess that is straight off that story of your friend who was sick in hospital and, and you know had enough to cover that plus other things. So if I was buying a bottle of water in Tahiti and it costs $10, you know, do I try and haggle it down to $6 or do I think, you know what, that $4 is not going to be missed in my bank account. I'm not even going to notice it one iota between now and the time that I pass away. So what's the point of worrying about that? I'm just going to enjoy my $10 bottle of water. So not being foolish, but also just making sure that I'm not obsessing about the the dollars that actually won't make a difference. It's such an insignificant thing. Now, here's that thing. Once you know how to tune into the radio frequency, I think that becomes the standard and we reset the bar now, just like a high jumper. Uh, That's the level so uh, earlier this year, I was able to reach my first six figures of the year in seven days. Now, to put that in perspective, it took me years of my life to make my first six figures in a whole year. I set my goal as $100,000 and I achieved that in the year 1997 and I started full-time work in the year 1991. So it took me six years to make my first $100,000 year and then it took me seven days at the beginning of this year to make my first $100,000 through the door. And that is like a reset. It's like, okay, that is the standard. I'm now benchmarking off that as the standard and I would really like to repeat that every seven days. Uh, and that that's like a little challenge for me. And maybe someone else has a different benchmark, but whatever your benchmark is, listener, set your benchmark of the best you've ever seen and make that the standard and see if you can encourage yourself to tune in more into that money frequency. You, you know, um, you mentioned that you'd set a goal of six figures. Where do you think goal setting fits into this whole thing? I think it's uh, goal setting is really just your belief system. It's what you believe. It's believe. Actually pro- possible. And you know how you your attitude determines your altitude and all that sort of stuff. I, I, I remember Brian Tracy yeah. sales training. It says that a really, really uh, good sales month can destroy a bad salesperson who doesn't believe in themselves. They actually slack off and sabotage their sales following that so that they can get back on track to what they think they should be selling. And as an entrepreneur, I'm up against this all the time. You know, how much should I charge for this? Or, you know, what do I really think the value of this is? And I have this little wrestle with, you know, would really, do people really see the value in that? And it's just like, I think it ties into your beliefs, which is somehow related to your self esteem. And we kind of set that, we set that metronome, our money metronome, at where we think we're worth and where we think there's value. So I think part of what this whole show is about is, if we can improve our level of thinking to lift it up a notch, then we're going to act according to the way we think. And guess what? We get a better result. If we think better, we get better. So the acting is just the, the thing that communicates those thoughts. And I want to throw out a resource on this, on abundance mindset, because my viewpoint has always been, I get people coming to me who want uh, to, you know, I get a lot of people who say, hey, I'd love to start a business online, or I'd love to figure out how to make some money, or I'm interested in, in marketing. And they want, a te- they want a strategy. But my first thing is like, hey, before you, before you look for a system or a strategy, let's get your head right. Like go and read Think and Grow Rich. Go and read The Millionaire Mind. Go and read all these. And so one of my favorite books on um, mindsets around money is a book by a guy called Robert Scheinfeld called Busting Loose from the money game. And, and the reason I love this journey so much is because that was my journey. Uh, I had a good friend of mine, an Aussie, a girl named Nada, who I did a 21-day water fast with in Costa Rica. And uh, after that water fast, she, <laughs> she sent me a couple books. And I'll tell you that story sometimes. Crazy, man. It was like this cult thing. And we busted out of there two weeks before we were supposed to. And we had to take this cab down to the bottom, you know, Costa Rica, 
I don't know, it was madness and, and, and we got out. But um, <laughs> anyways, she sent me a bunch of books on mindset and, and that's when I started to realize that there was, there was other things available than what I understood. And once I'd gotten my mind straight around what was even possible, then I started looking for systems and strategies for how to, how to do that stuff. And I think one of the better um, books on money mindset is a book called Busting Loose from the Money Game. So check that out. And another thing, uh, just another quick thing is that James mentioned this earlier, that you just kind of tune in and money's like this frequency that's out there. And one of the ways I like to look at it is that it's, it's, you, you've got a shot glass, right? Most people have a shot glass and they're out there and they're trying to fill that shot glass full of, full of money. Let's use money as the, as the thing. Um, but if you had a pitcher you'd be able to fill a lot more. You'd be able to fit a lot more into that picture. So like there's plenty out there and it's just a matter of how much you're able to hold. And you can increase your ability to hold stuff through, through the way that you think. Love it. Well, I'll throw in a resource too. Of course, you've got the, the classics like Think and Grow Rich, uh, a sort of a modern book that I think encapsulates a good uh, relationship with money is The Millionaire Fast Lane by MJ DeMarco. He's kind of popular at the moment but I do like his whole point it's um teaches you to have a good relationship with money and to have a look it breaks it down into things like processes and events and you don't you really shouldn't sell your time that's one of the big takeaways from that book all right so should we talk about how you keep some of the money yeah, yeah, and I want to throw out there. Uh, I'm going to ask you how you how you handle money and how you keep it and all that stuff. But I just want to say that one of my big tips um, is invest. If so, once you have money, right? Once you've got some money, uh, leaving it sit in a bank account, it's good to do that with some of it. But my belief is that you should put that money to work for you. That you should put it to use. And uh, I think the best way to do that is to invest in other businesses that kick off cash flow. So use it to start a new venture. Invest in a business that your friends doing. I think that investing in businesses that generate revenue is a much better um, play than putting your money in the stock market or putting it into stocks and bonds. Right. So this is the uh, legal disclaimer part. We're not licensed financial planners or advisors and you should take your own circumstances into account. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not a lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> I like to stuff. put my money into things that I can control as well. And as it turns out, the, the business that I like to invest in the most is my own business because I can control it really well. I'm on good terms with the director and I have a good sense of all of the inputs and the, the, you know, the metrics that are involved. So I work with my strengths. I'm not diversifying my stuff everywhere. I don't have stock portfolios and property portfolios and all of that stuff. It pretty much falls into two categories, uh, which is A, some cash in the bank, which is my FO money. And the second word stands for off. You can guess the first one. But that's like... If all the chips fall, if I don't want to do any work anymore, if I don't want to take instruction or, or ever have a job, which I don't and haven't had for five years, I could just live off my bank account for quite some time. And that is the legacy. That's what I'm creating for my family and the children. So that is like the I sleep well at night, I have no debt fund. And then the rest of it is tied up in my own assets, my businesses, so I can go out and buy a premium domain name. I can then employ people to develop it and build it into a cash flow business that now throws off cash as an income and then it also gains value as an asset. So I've created these little assets. And for, for example, on one of my websites, I've got more than a thousand of these websites and some of them are good assets. Some of them are just in very early stages. So I guess it's like land banking or development, but it's mostly online and that's my skill set. That's the area that I understand the most and where I have a great or vast advantage over the majority of the population and I've got the resources to do things with it. Take this podcast, for example. Think at Get was merely an idea a few months ago. It was just an idea. And then the idea turned into an action. So that thought turned into the action where we created this website. We got the domain name organized. We built something that people can leave their email address. We submitted it to Apple iTunes. And now through the miracles of technology, thousands of people can download this particular audio and listen to it and we can reach a bigger network. And invariably, if the content's good, if the information's useful, people will continue to do that and they'll continue to share it and spread it around. So we've created something from nothing. And I think that is extremely fulfilling and one day if we ever wanted to monetize it or whatever we could have a think act get 
workshop or a Think Act Get live meetup or a Think Act Get CD course or whatever. And we could monetize that. So that's like the third step. So we're creating something for the long haul, but I would rather invest in that than put my money with some financial planner or advisor. And no offense if we have that type of person listening, but I always wonder how are they sitting there with their one or $200,000 a year salary if they're that much of a financial genius? Shouldn't they be just investing their own funds in their own business like I do? Yeah, and I think that um, that's really true and that I have that view. It's always tough like when you see the personal trainer at the gym who's not in shape. <laughs> it is tough. Like- and you know, my experience with <laughs> stockbrokers is they've been really good at losing my money in the stock market. Yeah. I think that is really key and, and and that if you do want to hold on to it, it's probably you're probably better off using it to grow your own. I mean, it's so true. And and I do like this idea. We have the same thing. You have a bank account where you have some cash, and that's your like rainy day fund that like if everything went to hell, you've got cash in the bank. And that's really smart. Because you're never desperate. Now now you've got me paranoid about uh, it. when you have cash yeah. in the bank, you're not desperate. You don't need to send out a sales offer today. You don't have to take that JV deal you don't want to. You don't there's no compromise. And one of my mentors drummed this into me like he beat it into me. No compromise. If I don't want to do something, I don't have to do it. And that is what the cash in the bank thing's about. I don't care if it's 5% interest. It's not losing money. And according to my accountant, I've done a whole lot better than everyone else with their superannuation or 401k fund. Most people went backwards. Mine just grows. Maybe it's 5% a year. That's fine. Later, I can do cool stuff like invest in my business in traditional ways, like I can buy a business office and then lease it back to my business and all this sort of stuff. And that's cool. And I can do the cool stuff like have overseas businesses that have uh, set up overseas and that fund investments overseas. And they're all working isolated from my Australian entities and doing cool stuff there. But that's, you know, I'm not out to avoid tax or anything like that. I'm just merely keeping some of what I've got and empowering it to enable more. I mean, I employ people and those families put rice on the table and I feel good about that. And if I could employ 300 people and without it affecting my lifestyle or ability to to actually enjoy things, then I'd probably do that too because it's more people that we can help, more customers, more team members, but we, we all have our limits. And I think for me, Currently, I'm a sub 100 person type of business, but but you know to to go to the next step would involve too much compromise at this stage. And you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna step back to um, I'm in agreement with everything you just said, by the way. But you're not judging me either way, so I'm I'm fine with that too. <laughs> <laughs> Which you picked up on when we met in person. <laughs> you were like, I know your strategy, dude. Um, so, you know, one thing that James mentioned is that this Think Act Get podcast was kind of just like even, I don't know, a month ago wasn't even a, a – it wasn't – it didn't exist. It was just a thought. It wasn't even a thought. We didn't have the name for it. We just knew we wanted to do it. And anything – my experience is that anything is better than nothing. And I'll give the story of my first e-commerce store, which I just sold actually a few months back for – um, a couple hundred thousand dollars. And when I first built this thing, <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. This was the most backwards, busted up looking, just hor- like it was unbelievable. Looking back on what that thing was like, I cannot believe people purchased stuff from it. But the point was that I did something. You know, I threw up a website with some products on there. And so anything you do, any action you take is better than doing nothing at all. So you know, it's anything we did, throwing up this podcast, throwing up this, um, <laughs> throwing up this Think Act Get podcast is better than not having it because now we're reaching people and we're using our marketing skills. And so I think that like any whatever you're thinking about doing, go ahead and give it a shot. Here's the thing, you know, a backstory. I registered thinkactget.com years ago because I had this seed of an idea that really struck by something that I learned was I think it was ABC, the activator, the behavior. The consequence, but that's a terrible domain name. If you think about it, uh, you know, learn your ABCs, your activated behavior consequence. I think what's a better way to say that? I think okay, you think stuff, you act, you get. That's a that's a catchy name. So the the seed that germ of the idea was way back, but it wasn't until I had the right soil and the right temperature that I could grow this seed into something useful, and then it'll turn into a beautiful grapevine that we can then pick the grapes and turn into 
fantastic 25-year-old aged wine. Now, I don't know if we'll be doing this in 25 years, but that's just a metaphor. So run with me here. Don't judge me. Uh, The thing is, it started a while ago, but if you have ideas and you just at least lay down some tracks, you can go back to them later if you've got the capacity to do it or if the environment's right. But what I like to think of is the ratchet method, and that is just start and don't go back. Just start and don't go back. Like a ratchet, you just keep notching it one at a time. I've been doing this consistently with my own marketing campaign is I just make a video and put it out, make a video and put it out, make a video and put it out. And I've been doing this now for, gosh, 10, 9, 10 months, maybe a year. I just keep doing it and then I go and look at the responses and, I, and then I modify the next one. But I don't go back. I'm not looking backwards on this one. I'm just continually ratcheting it. And we can do this with our money. We can increase our salary to a certain extent, but there's limits to that. And that's what that millionaire fast lane is really good at explaining. The best way is for you to own your own business and then invest back in your own business. That is the way that I've found has helped me out. And now I've got a great scenario where I've got these little businesses that people keep trying to buy from me. I've got some cash in the bank and enough money coming through the bank that I can put food on the table and clothes on my little children's back. And you know, the cool thing about money for everyone listening is you don't actually need that much of it, honestly, to like have everything that you want in the world. When you think about it, you know, you want you want freedom of time, you want freedom of location, you know, you want your certain freedoms that you want. And in most societies these days, uh, 10 grand, 15 grand a month is is enough to to, to, to do that, support your family, have, have certain levels of freedom. And, and that's, that's really a train, uh, that's very attainable, particularly using the information that James teaches in, uh, in Fast Web Formula and Silver Circle and some of the other resources available. So. Talk about benchmarks. You know, like I, I went to a meeting this morning, which is really rare for me. So I had to drive into the city and I was listening to the radio. And there's something where they pay your bill, and someone had an Amex bill, and it was like, $1,200 and they were like freaking out. Oh my God, what did you spend it on? And they're like, oh, we had a fantastic Christmas and thing. And, and I was I was just thinking that uh, is a very low Amex bill uh, when you have a business, right? If you're doing advertising or I would spend more than that on Facebook campaigns, right? In a, in a week sometimes. Yeah, so yeah. you know yeah. what it's like. And it's great for frequent flyers and stuff, but everyone has a different perception. So anyone who thinks twelve hundred is a huge Amex bill, man, I'd happily trade. Uh, and but the thing is, we get used to it, we get immune to it, we get numbed by it. It wouldn't freak me out. I've had a six-figure Amex bill before in a month, and that was when I was running paid advertising. But the good thing is, I made that much back on top. So it's just a mindset. And I think that is a hurdle. And here's one of the things that pushes the entrepreneurs that I work with. Sometimes I'm sitting down with them with their business and I can clearly see the problem with their business. It is that they're not investing enough. They're not spending enough. They might invest in a campaign that brings them return. I'm like, why wouldn't you do 10 times that? If you're spending 10,000 to bring back 20, why don't we spend 100,000 and bring back 200,000? And in some markets, you can scale that and there is no diminishing return until you get in, into the really high numbers. So it's this challenge and a lot of people have this sort of poverty mindset where they hold back and they, they just can't let go of that, that time when they had no money. You've got to move past that and just scale it up. Scale up your thinking, upsize the thinking and think of spending as investments and why don't we cut into the weekly willpower wages section. I think we need a little cool uh, Ezra sound effect here. Weekly willpower wager. (laughs) Or weekly willpower wager. Or the weekly willpower wager. Uh, or anyway, any, I don't know how you want to say it. I could try to do it in an Australian accent. A weekly willpower wager. How's that? <laughs> That's English or that something. <laughs> something mangled. Oh, man. I don't know. That's the other Australia, maybe. <laughs> um, okay. For the next seven days, listener, every time you buy something, every time you spend or invest money in any way, take a second to say thank you and appreciate what your money is doing for you. If you have appreciation for the money that you spend, it will just, it'll make, first of all, I believe it'll actually have money, more money come 
to you because you appreciate it, but it'll also just have you feel a lot better. A lot of people spend money and immediately go to like worrying about it or, or being scarce or, oh my God, that's too expensive. And I think whenever you buy something, whenever you invest in something, think about, be happy that that thing is in your life, that, you, that you've got the money to spend on that and enjoy it and take that time to be appreciative. There you go. Well, that's the challenge. So it must and be try that on, you know, try that on and see how it feels. Yeah, I appreciated my cappuccino this morning. And here's the other thing. I just uh, refueled my vehicle and I drive myself. I don't have a driver for my everyday driving. And I have no idea how much petrol costs. It's irrelevant because I need it. I have to put it in the car. It's going to use what it uses. So there's there's no point laboring about how much that petrol costs. I I won't even see it. I'll just check that the the pump matches the bill that I'm paying in the shop so I don't get ripped off. But I really wouldn't have a clue how much it is down to the cent. And you know, I've seen people pull coupons out of the bin next to the cinema so they get a two-for-one ticket or something. I just think what a strange life that would be. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And, and I think that you know um, wherever you're at on the spectrum, th- that there's – there's always room to move in, move, move up, move forward, have more, and, and it really is available to you. All right, let's cut to news and updates. Well, uh, FastWeb Formula 4 dates have been announced, right? Yep, so I'm running a live event in Sydney, right near, this, like in Sydney CBD, right near the Sydney Opera House and the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Now, this is an interesting fact. The Opera House looks fantastic, but apparently the acoustics suck. Uh, someone might be able to validate that for me, but I thought that was quite interesting. I've never, I've been, I've stood outside the Opera House. I've just never actually been inside. Now, Ezra, are you going to come over for this event? Oh, I'll be there. I will be there in full form. I will have a giant beard. I will be handing out <laughs> lollipops. Be, it's going to be awesome. Would it be inappropriate to say, do your Jesus lookalike thing? <laughs> I was asked to be in a sexy Jesus calendar. <laughs> sexy Jesus. I love it. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I think I'm going to, you know, actually the calendar never came, came to fruition, but I would have done it. You just want to do it anyway. Awesome. Wrap on a sheet, beat up. <laughs> okay, so this event is oh, a two-day event. It's live. It'll be mostly me speaking about what's happening in business and sharing all the best bits. I didn't even run a big event last year, so it's been a year and a half. I expect there'll be a hundred odd people there, and Ezra will be talking about whatever's happening in the ecom world. And we're going to record a Think Act Get podcast live, and I think that will be fun. Oh yes, let's do that. That'll be our, our next opportunity to do that. I'd love that. That'd be cool. So check out superfastbusiness.com for the details, but it's going to be in June 2013, depending on when you're listening to this. And if it's already been run, then you could probably catch up with some of the recordings somewhere on fastwebformula.com. And you know, if you are enjoying this podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Please leave us a comment on iTunes. Uh, let us know if you've been going through the willpower wagers or what you think. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And some of our comments from last week, we got a couple on Facebook. Peter Montgomery says, I dig the interested versus interesting tip. Thanks, Peter. And if you guys don't haven't heard that one, that's back from episode two, I believe. Um, Jake Hauer says, great episode, guys. I like the style and content of this. You're on a winner. Thanks, Jake. We appreciate that. Um, Jody Heath said, I joined the newsletter. It's a no-brainer after hearing this. Um, thanks, Jody. And we got a five-star iTunes review from Your- Yearling is Love is the name on iTunes. I don't know what Yearling means, but uh, but apparently it is love. And <laughs> she, she, I believe, says, when James Sharemko does something, you have to pay attention, and this is no exception. The stuff in this podcast will help you get your mind together so you can go out and achieve great things. And Ezra Firestone is no slouch either. These two make a great team. Be sure to check it out. Thanks so much, Yearling. Uh, we appreciate it, and I'm sorry that I'm poking fun at, at that word. I just don't know what it is. Uh, but thank you so much, listeners. That is fantastic. I really, really appreciate that. It's a horse. You're right. It's a horse. Is it a horse? Yeah. It's a horse. I thought it was some kind of horse. animal. Yeah. Uh, so, well, look, we might have a horse-loving crowd. I know my daughter's into the horse community thing. It's time for Think About It. We're going to rattle out some quotes for you. All right. Let's get into it. The longer you're not taking action, the more money you're losing by Kerry Wilkerson. And this is kind of what I was talking about earlier 
the longer that you're sitting around not doing anything, the longer, the, the more time before you actually see any results. So yes, sit around, think about what you're going to do, but then do something, do anything, and just take some kind of action. Um, and you will see some results from it. And then from that result, you can measure what happened and take another action. So go out there and get stuff done. What a great quote. I, lo- I really good friends with Carrie too. She's even been out here to the uh, property and hung out with me in a workshop all the way from Texas. So big shout out to Carrie. All right. So on the same sort of theme, my quote is from Robert Louis Stevenson, and it is, don't judge each day by the harvest you reap, but by the seeds you plant. This is just fantastic. I love this quote because when I was in a commission-only sales role, it was kind of easy to get caught up in the harvest, like uh, you know, delivering the cars. You, it's the big show. You hand over the car and, it, and you could be doing this for days on end. But unless you're out there talking to new customers, planting seeds – you weren't going to harvest another delivery day and people sort of forget and they, they leave it too long and then there's this hiatus and then they get desperate and then there's something about that with a salesperson. The customer can feel and detect desperation on a salesperson even without them saying anything. They have these spidey senses and then it makes it even harder to sell and you get more desperate and it's this vicious cycle, a death spiral as I call it, that I've seen time and time again. So remember, I'll, I'll actually throw in a side quote here that I learned from Raymond Aaron, who speaks a lot. He speaks like 200 times a year or something. He's just an amazing Canadian presenter on mindset. And some of the things we talk about, I probably learned from him. He told me that you can never harvest the seed which you have not sown. So we can't be out there saying, take, 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 if we haven't given, 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 or planted, planted, planted. So plant the seed and then harvest it. Plant the seed, then harvest it. And, you know, on a related tip, the go-giver, uh, Bob Berg, he has this thing, uh, you know, you've got to put the log on the fire before you get the heat. So we can't just walk up the fire, say, throw me some heat and then I'll put a log on if you give me some heat. It just doesn't work that way. Put the log on, the heat will come. So everything about seed planting and harvesting that works in nature, it, it's such a good lesson. And I mean, we're more or less planting seeds here. We, we are growing this think at get podcast i don't know what the tree will look like in a year from now but i'm pretty excited about it i enjoy this and when i listen to the playback when i'm editing when i laugh it's a real laugh and you know when you come up with crazy words that i've never heard before like you did at the beginning of this show chargiest then you know i get a chuckle from that it's it's fun i'm so glad that we're getting to do this yeah, I appreciate you too. And I think that, you know, you you planted this seed to what, to, I don't know how many years ago when you bought this domain name. And, and um, you know, we're, I'm out there planting new seeds every day. And so I think that uh, I, I love that quote too. And, and I think your insights on it are right on. Which brings us straight through to the tag tips where we've got three tips. Uh, think, act, get tips, mindset and strategy, systems and people and lifestyle. And the first tip is a mindset tip. And it's to give Feel abundant. Have an area in your life where you're donating your time, your energy, your effort, your money, whatever it is, for the sole purpose of giving, for to receive nothing in return, not with any agenda behind it. And by doing that, you will feel more abundance in your life. Like if you want more abundance in your life, create it by giving it. Um, you know, you 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 really can have it. And so I think one of the things I really like to do is donate to charity. I've got a charity here in the city, and and I think that it's really important to have some area of your life where you are, um, where you're giving, where you're serving, where you're where you're where you're donating some asset that you have or something that you've created or money. It doesn't even doesn't have to be money, but where you're just putting energy in the direction of of helping other people for the sole purpose of of doing that because it feels good. And and the sort of sneaky little trick behind that is it actually ends up coming back to you and and you end up uh, you, you know you end up having more in your life because of it. And I think it's really, really important. And if you don't have an outlet in your life right now where you're giving in some way, um, then then go ahead and create that. Isn't that cool? I had this lady in a Facebook group that I attend every now and then was asking about how to set up a podcast and I'm, I'm like all over that i'm like well just do this 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 and this and she's getting all this information and i just said okay just hit me up on skype and i'll just talk you through it so she popped on skype i spent a little bit of time just explaining to her the steps because we've just done that with this podcast i'm like it's you know these are the steps and 
I went through it with her. The next day I woke up on my Facebook wall is this lovely thing saying, you know, James Shramko is awesome. He helped me set up my podcast. So it was just a nice thing for me to do and easy for me to do because I know about this stuff. And it was, you know, she didn't have to do that. It was really nice of her to do that. And on a related note, think about all the people in your immediate circle, your, you know, the people who really help you make that money. In my case, uh, the people who help me make money are my team. And we've got a cool deal, you know, like I guarantee them a profit. They get paid twice a month, every month for now three years. Early, they get, they get paid early and they get paid in their currency. There's a good tip if you've got overseas helpers, if you've got a team, pay people in their currency, make it good for them. And I want them to feel good about it. I, I love paying them. I, I pay them well. I pay them early. I pay them often. And sometimes I go a little bit over the top. I, I remember I was sitting at a meeting and the the girl sitting opposite me, her computer was whining and hissing and it was kind of hard for us with the meeting. So while we were sitting there, I mass paid her enough money to buy a brand new laptop. It was uh, 30,000 pesos from memory and to put that into... US terms, it's probably about eight, $800 roughly. And I just waited and watched her reaction. So she's checking her email and she looked down and then she looked, looked up at me and then she looked down and looked up at me and then burst into tears. And we've got this little saying in my team that I demand tears. So whenever we do something nice, it's great that someone has that sort of emotional uh, reaction of help and you know I've done other things that I can't talk about mainly because pretty much everyone in my team would be listening to this podcast and I don't want them to feel like uh, they're missing out but I've done all sorts of interesting things to help families and everything from when someone had a baby I I pretty much sponsored their um, maternity leave full pay without having to come in and uh, I've helped people when there's been bad things happen in the family, help out with expenses. And I've also helped people with fantastic things in the family, like when there's been accommodation changes or whatever. I always do what I can to help them and to show them how much that it is about us and it's our team. It's not my team. It's just us as a team. And if I can support and help the rest of our team, then we all lift up together. And I think that's what it's all about. It's very special but I know when I'm helping the people who help the business that the business will be healthy and the business can help other people. And because we deal with resellers, they're able to help end customers and those people are better off. So we can really help a lot of people by being more generous and giving and caring about the other people in our immediate vicinity who we can have an impact on. I love it. I love it. You're awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna pat you on the back. You should pat yourself on the back, but I'll pat you on the back. <laughs> well, you know, I don't I don't ask for the pat. I I just I like to see tears of joy or, or whatever. It's just so touching to have that level of impact and and for and you can, can in our, you have our society, the power to do that. You know, for for me, like I'll ask that question: Will will thirty thousand pesos change my life? No. It won't make a difference. At the, at the end of my life, it won't have made a difference. It's not that much of a significant amount that it will make a difference, but it can make a huge difference in the life of someone who has to log on to a computer every single day for the next however many years. Every day, they log on to a brand new machine that works and it's quiet and effective, makes such a difference that I, I've, I know that energy just flows. It's, and it's probably, you know who the beneficiary of that might be? It's probably going to be the next customer that my team member talks to. And, you know, they're going to get loving support because they're, they're dealing with someone who's happy and motivated and, and loves their work. In fact, I think from memory, that person is the one who makes this show go live. So there you go. That's, this show is possible because of being generous. Because of that computer. <laughs> yeah. And because, you know, you know, the person doing it is like pretty much a genius. Uh, we don't want to, we don't want to get a... too, too out of control though. No, no. I've got a similar story, but one of the things that I try to not do in my life is play the one-upsmanship game. So you'll notice this when you're talking to people. You'll tell them a story and they'll be like, that's cool, but check this out. And it's like whatever you just told them except for their experience of it and like a little bit cooler. So um, one-upsmanship is a, is a fun thing to do, but you also got to let people have their glory. That's kind of off topic. But, but uh, anyways, tears of joy are a fun thing. 
Yeah, that's nice, man. So I, I can detect from that you probably do have a really cool story. So I'll give you the credit without even you having to say it. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> all right. So how do you get the lifestyle thing happening? This is a tip around enjoyment. We've talked about this pretty much every episode. And if you've been if you've been a long time listener now of of all episodes, I mean, like that's this is the fifth one, so that's so many. Uh, have fun, put something aside to do something cool. You know, uh, again, I went out for a drive today. I drove in my car. I like my car, I really do, and it is a luxury. You don't need a car like mine, but I love it. I really do. Not not in like a material weirdo sort of way, but it's it's something that I derive a lot of enjoyment from. Probably more to do with the fact that I used to sell them and I was always on the other side of the desk. So it means more to me emotionally to be able to enjoy it than to be the prisoner of it. I used to be pretty much a prisoner of the of a Mercedes-Benz or AMG. People would come in and I would serve them and I would hand over their car and I'd be responsible if it broke and I'd have to follow them up and book them in for service or did all the, the slavery side of it. Now I'm the customer side of it where I get to put my foot down and I get, you know, listen to the exhaust note and and enjoy the feel of the car on the road and that, that driving. So it was just crossing the desk and moving into that mindset. And you know what? I kind of like it and I make sure I build in fun in the rest of my life. What do you do for kicks, Ezra? Well, one of the things that I do for – man, I do a lot of stuff for kicks. I'm kind of a strange dude. Apart from eating four vegetarian meals in one sitting, that looked like a lot of fun. Oh, it was so good. Oh, my <laughs> God. Uh, you know, listen, man. When you're eating only vegetables, they have lower caloric density. Therefore, you need more volume. Seriously. And so sometimes I need four – I've never I seen four dinners. Like Come on. I mean, just to, Come on, got, baby. For the listener, I just got to put to put you in a picture. We're at a VIP function and Ezra uh, asked for his special meal because he's got a different diet and they brought out the meal and then he quickly demolished that and then asked for another one. In fact, he asked for another one again and they said there's no more left. So he switched tables to get access to another <laughs> two. Like, was that? Four vegetarian <laughs> meals in one sitting – what well, a legend. They had plenty of them. <laughs> there was nobody else eating these things. I, I was the only guy eating them. So this story that they were feeding me about there not being any vegetarian meals, I clearly knew was a sham. <laughs> so I decided to pl- I'll play a trick on them. This is, like the, this is like the drunk poker thing. You've got the old veggie table switch maneuver. Oh, the, oh, the good old fashioned veggie sweep table switch. That's that's old. That's uh, I haven't I haven't actually I haven't I haven't pulled one of those since '97, man. But sometimes you got to pull it out. <laughs> um, I don't even know what I, what you were saying to me, but I was saying, uh, what do you do for I don't fun? Remember what? Oh, well, you know, one of the things that I love about about my life, I've set it up so that I I really do have freedom of time. I don't like most of my most of my work is handled before noon, and so I've got the day. And today, my my, my wife is joining the circus. <laughs> she's joining the circus, man. She's uh she's really into yoga, and 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 she's like learning about all this contortion stuff. In New York City, they have this circus school uh, where you know you can train on like the trapeze and like the ropes and the silks and all this stuff. So she's running off joining the circus, and she, uh, it's really intense training. And so she came home this afternoon, and and we've got a massage table here in the house. And I had the time, and I, I had the surplus to be able to just give her a massage and take care of her, and like hang out and have an afternoon together, and have some lunch and take a nap. And like uh, one of the great joys of my life is that I have the freedom to spend it how I'd like. And and um, I do a lot of stuff for fun. Uh, and and one of the, the the thing that is most pleasurable for me is is spending time with people. I love people. I love hanging out with people. I love, we love having people over for dinner. And so having that having the um, surplus in my life to be able to um, spend my time where I want it is is just awesome. Nice tip. I don't know if that's not really the answer to your question, but it doesn't matter. It was really cool, and I enjoyed listening to that. So let's wrap this up, Ezra. We've uh, got a good show here about money. We've decided that it's not evil, you know. Money's not rootable. Even we can untrain all that stuff that was jammed into our head when we were kids. You know, we can't afford that. You know, you'll have to wait another week, all that sort of stuff. You can afford it if you want to. It's a choice. It's always there to tune into. And you can decide not to be like the majority who have some kind of weird entitlement mentality, who think that everything should be provided for free because they pay tax or whatever. My idea is to have enough of it that I'm able to help others by not draining the system. 
I'm sure that uh, with the amount of tax that I pay, I'm probably funding a few surfers who like to smoke pot and go surfing every day. Uh, you know, certainly that we call them dole bludgers here in Australia. I'm not sure what you call them if if you even have that level of unemployment <laughs> benefit. But you know, there's a chance that some. So you guys have dudes who just don't have to work, and they just like if there's just a bunch of dudes who hang out on the beach and smoke a bunch of pot. And in Australia, just, if you have a half-hearted attempt to get a job and you can't, then the government will just pay you an allowance, social security. Whoa. And we have a fantastic healthcare system too. We get this little green card called a Medicare card and you can just turn up to a doctor and, and get seen by a doctor and just charge the little free card that, that everyone gets. And people like me pay for that. I pay, I pay for all these levies and surcharges and taxes and we have a very high tax rate in this country which is like almost half and uh, we have a fantastic place to live though it's a beautiful quality of life it's a free country the the government's okay and we even though the prime minister you could hardly understand a word she says and she speaks like she's speaking down to you like a a condescending simpleton or something chargiest what we're doing is right with our policy is we're going to make it a fair go for everyone. You know, like I don't understand how that person could be in such a position of power, but, you know, who's to judge? That's just how it is. But anyway, my goal is, okay, so there's probably some freeloaders, but I don't want to be the freeloader. That's the thing. I don't want to put my hand out and say somebody owes me something without putting in the effort. I'm prepared to put in the effort. I'm prepared to think about it and I'm prepared to act on the right things to get the things that are there to get. And it's totally a choice. You're you're prepared, baby. Come on. I'm ready to receive, baby. <laughs> yeah. And, it, you know, it, it happens. It, it, it flows. You can't give out without taking back. Like you can't breathe out without breathing in, as Bob Berg says in The Go-Giver. So anyway, there's a few books we've mentioned today that might be worth reading and there's some ideas there. Remember, it's just our discussion. We're not telling you to do anything or whatever. We just want to provoke thought. We want to, we want to make a difference. We want to have some purpose there. So, uh, Ezra, been a good show. Yeah, pleasure as always, man. I, I, I look forward to this all week. And thank you for preparing another wonderful round of show notes. Couldn't do that without you. And uh, what I'll go do is uh, get this baby out to the public. Awesome, man. Thanks. This has been another episode of Think, Act, Get with James Schranko and Ezra Firestone. For more tips and tutorials on how to grow your business faster, visit thinkactget.com and join the newsletter. It's free.